Good morning, everybody. A very warm welcome to our Pentecost Sunday Holy Communion service from Christ Church based in Hill. Debbie is going to be leading our service, and a little later I will be preaching. But as someone said a few Sundays ago, it wouldn't be a real church service without a couple of notices. Today marks the end of Thy Kingdom Come. I hope you've been watching the wonderful videos that have been posted on our church Facebook page these last 10 days for each day of Thy Kingdom Come. If you haven't done so, it's not too late. Please do have a look at them. They are wonderful. And uh, can I just say a huge thank you to Rachel and Jeanette uh, and everybody else who's been involved with these videos for putting them together. Uh, they really are well worth watching. So do please uh, do have a look. And as I say, great <coughs> for these videos. On a sadder note, I received some worrying news about our dear friend Tony Matthews. Uh, Tony has been tested positive for the coronavirus. He and his wife Dot are at the Mount House nursing home. The staff are doing an amazing job in looking after them and all the residents at that home. But uh, let's pray for them now, shall we? Dear Father, we uh, lift you, Tony and Dot, there in the nursing home. Lord, we particularly pray for Tony as he's been tested positive for COVID. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you would be with him, that you would strengthen him and sustain him, uh, that you would be his shepherd at this really difficult time. And also you'd be with, with Dot, who is, as she's suffering from dementia and, and, and really confused about all sorts of things. And... Uh, Lord, thank you. Lord, we pray for the, the family, their family, as, as they now can't visit either. Uh, Father, we pray that you would surround uh, each and every person in that home with your love, uh, that you sustain them and strengthen them and, and uh, fill them with your Holy Spirit. Comfort them, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to hand over to Debbie now, who's going to lead us through the service. Okay, good morning, everyone. Sorry about that um, quick change of places. I need to be on a cushion too. So uh, anyway, we're here now, and it's really lovely to be with you. Um, I thought we'd start... Um, with some verses from Acts chapter 2 um, that recount the first Pentecost. So let's do that now. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole place where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So let's pray together now. I'm going to pray to start with and um, then we'll join in the prayer that is on your screens in bold. Father God, we are not gathered 
in one place this morning. Instead, we are scattered. And we acknowledge that now and we lament it. Whilst being aware of the pain and the sorrow of that separation, we also acknowledge who you are. We thank you that you are a God who transcends walls and boundaries, that you are outside of time and space, and that whilst we are contained in our houses, your Holy Spirit cannot and will not be contained. And so, Father, we pray now that you will come and fill our homes and our hearts with a tangible awareness of your presence, your power and your love. The disciples were changed when the Holy Spirit came upon them. And Lord, we want to be changed by you too. Amen. So let's join together now in praying the prayer that's on our screens. Lord, as we remember and celebrate that first Pentecost, may it be for us as it was then, a moment of empowerment, an awareness of your glory in this dark world, a life-changing experience that transforms us and through us points others to your saving grace. Amen. So because of Jesus we're saved and we're set free. So let's join in our first two songs now which declare those truths. Amazing grace and power of your love. Amazing grace 
Lord, when we declare who you are and what you have done in our lives, what you've done for us, we're confronted with the truth of who we are. Our weaknesses, our pride, our selfishness, our carelessness and the futility of our attempts to do things in our own strength, not yours. So now let's pause before God as we consider those things that we've got wrong in this last week. Let's say these words slowly and thoughtfully together now as we pray this confession. We ask for your forgiveness, Lord, when we forget the power that lies within and trust instead upon our human strength. Remind us of that glorious day when your spirit transforms the lives of those who hid in fear into people of power. Renew these hearts which have grown cold with flames of fire as on that first Pentecost that we might be people of power and this might be the church that you desire. Amen. Amen. And as we prepare to open our hearts to God's word, let's continue to ask God to refine us as we sing our next song, Refiner's Fire. And that will be followed by our Bible readings, which are brought to us today by the Pharaohs. Ready to do your 
from my sin deep within refiner's fire my heart's one desire is to be Chapter 2, beginning at the first verse. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in their, our native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, sorry, I'm repeating this, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Lib Libya near Cyrene, 
visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We have a second short reading, which is from John chapter 7. This is Jesus who had gone up to Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to to God. God. Okay, let's just um, pray for Peter as he preaches now. Father, we thank you for those amazing words that we've just heard read to us by Cheryl and John. And Lord, I pray now that as Peter preaches, those rivers of living water will flow into him and through him and out of him. And Lord, I pray that we will be attentive to what it is that you want to say to us this morning. I pray that we will be open to your Holy Spirit. And I pray your blessing on Peter now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Debbie. As I read the heading for my talk, Pentecost Sunday 2020, in lockdown, I realised straight away there's a paradox in that, in that wording. How could the Holy Spirit be kept in lockdown? It's ridiculous. The Holy Spirit, unlike us human beings, cannot be curtailed or limited or regulated or legislated. 
The Holy Spirit is beyond all limitations and he goes wherever he pleases. Today, as we, as we celebrate Pentecost Sunday and remember that today is the birthday of the church with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we do that with a mixture of joy and, if we're honest, lament. And if you've been joining in, as I said earlier, with the global prayer movement called Thy Kingdom Come, you'll know something too of a delicate balance of the now and the not yet. As we prayed, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, we have the joy of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We have the joy of knowing Jesus, the joy of sensing his presence with us day by day, and the quiet breath of his voice leading us to unexpectedly bless someone or speak a word of encouragement to someone down our street who may be going through a really hard time. Yes, we have the joy and the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But here we are celebrating another major festival in the life of the church. This time, of course, it's Pentecost. And we are still in this strange lockdown way of life. Yes, things are uh, beginning to ease up and the rules are gradually being relaxed. And from tomorrow, we can be in a group of six in a garden, but socially distanced. That's great news. But the fact is, of course, the virus is still out there and people are still dying from COVID all over the world. <clears throat> and so our response is therefore inevitably full of that paradox. We have the joy of knowing Jesus. We have the joy of Jesus being poured out in the Holy Spirit. And yet we live in a world of suffering, <clears throat> which, me which means we need to lament. To live and love like Jesus amidst the pain that is all around us. How do we make sense of all this? What might God be saying to us, his people at this time? What is he challenging us over? How is a spirit-filled and spirit-empowered church called to respond to all the need that is around us? These are big questions on Pentecost Sunday, aren't they? They are not new questions either. The church has had to grapple with such pressing and profound questions ever since the first Pentecost day as recorded in Acts chapter 2. As Debbie was saying in her powerful sermon last Sunday on John chapter 17, the people of God are in the world, but not of the world. We aren't called to some kind of Christian escapism when we turn to Jesus and leave the world behind. Oh no. Jesus calls us to do what? To do the greater things. Do you remember that from three weeks ago when we looked together at the first part of John chapter 15? Jesus has given us his very spirit, his breath, his life, his ruach, so that we are empowered to carry on his mission in the world, his mission of transforming love. You see, it's precisely because Jesus has done everything he promised that he would do in his life of obedience to the Father, in his sacrificial death on the cross, his victorious resurrection from the dead, and his ascension to the right hand of the Almighty. 
precisely because he has done all that and fulfilled all that, he now seals his promises with the unstoppable and limitless outpouring of the Holy Spirit on you, on me, on anyone who says yes to him. Is that exciting? I think it is. Now we need to get into scripture, into some scripture and um, look at some scripture in a little bit more depth to see how this works out in practice. We have two readings, but I want to focus on John's gospel again. And that wonderful, if a bit baffling reading we have from John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. Jesus talks there of rivers of living water. Verse 38, Jesus says, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Have you noticed how dry it has been in this country since the lockdown began? A, a recent BBC weather report said this, and I quote, <clears throat> since the start of spring, it's not only our daily lives that have undergone massive changes, but our weather has completely turned around too. Met Office figures show that in 2020, we saw the wettest February on record and at the peak of the flooding, the Environment Agency in England had almost 600 active flood warnings, the highest number ever in force. Fast forward to the end of May, and the landscape looks completely different across large parts of the United Kingdom. Flooded fields and waterlogged gardens have been replaced by cracked ground, wilting crops and parched browning lawns. The BBC goes on to say, the lack of rain in May has broken records in England with parts of the northwest, central and southeast England seeing their driest May on record. Only four millimetres of rain fell in southeast England. Central England, five millimetres, and the northwest of England, 13 millimetres. It's interesting, isn't it? Here at Christchurch, we had the flooding of the church a worship area in mid-February, which led, of course, to the carpet being flooded and having to be replaced. Do keep John in your prayers. He needs it. But now here we are at the very end of May. It's almost as if we've forgotten what rain looks like. Now, as you probably know, I'm not a gardener and, of course, I'm not a farmer. And I can't begin to comprehend the worry that must go with a lack of rainwater for any length of time. But even I can see the hard-baked earth as I go on a walk around the village or around the local fields. The earth is baked dry. Now, is this just co coincidence with the lockdown? I don't know. But there is a spiritual lesson here, I'm sure. All around us, the earth is dry. And we need a drenching of the Holy Spirit to awaken us to revive us, to empower the children of God to live in the fullness of the promises of God, to do the greater things that Jesus said we would do. What a wonderful image Jesus evokes here in these words. On the last and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. 
Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. That picture evokes images of freshness, vitality, lushness, overflowing streams of living water gushing forth from a believer's heart as a spirit comes to dwell in us. Like a desert which is dry and barren, like the ground around us at this time. And then the rains come, and as the rain waters, as the rain waters the dry earth, plants and fruits begin to grow. And the water is just gushing forth and bringing more life wherever it flows. But Jesus is more than a poet, and we need to focus on more than just the imagery of what he's saying. Because Jesus is alive and he is real. And in these words, he's calling us into a deeper relationship with him as we thirst for more of his presence and his Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, Debbie rightly said last week that a good preacher sets the passage in context. I'll have to leave it to you to decide whether my preaching is any good. But what is the context of the words of Jesus here? Jesus, we learn, has stood up on the last day of the festival. And earlier in John, we're told that this is the festival or feast of the tabernacles. One of the most important of the annual Jewish feasts. In the festival of the tabernacles, the Jews remember their wandering in the desert and how God miraculously provided for all their needs. So in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 34, the Lord says, Live in temporary shelters for seven days. All native-born Israelites are to live in such shelters so that your descendants will know that I made the Israelites live in temporary shelters when I brought them out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So the Jews were celebrating the provision of God and remembering his goodness to them as they escaped Egypt. And one of the things they were celebrating was the gift of water on their journey. Imagine trekking in the desert for months and even years without a regular supply of water. Without it, of course, you'd die. But God miraculously provided water for them in the desert. And now Jesus proclaims afresh a greater promise of God to anyone who is thirsty. On the last and greatest day of the, fe of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Did the Jews understand what he was saying? Well, if you read on a bit in John's Gospel in the, after the passage, and if you look at verses 40 to 44, you'll see opinion over Jesus' teaching was divided. Some said he was the Messiah, others that he was only a prophet. But then Jesus' teaching always provoked opposition. However they reacted, Jesus sees himself as the fulfilment of all the desires and all the promises of the old covenant by saying, come to me and drink. That longing for God, that thirst for God that was kept alive by the feasts and the festivals was now satisfied and made available by Jesus' offer of the water of the Spirit. This was a never before heard offer. Never before had one person claimed to satisfy and quench the spiritual thirst of all humanity. 
But here Jesus does exactly that. All the Old Testament promises pointed to Jesus as the fulfillment of the hopes and the dreams and the desires of millions of people throughout the history of Israel. No longer did the Jew need to meet God in the tabernacle or the temple. They could now meet God in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus had come to offer a new and better covenant, which was to be sealed with his own blood. I just want to say two things out of many that could be said about Jesus' great proclamation that the new had come. You see, the offer of Jesus to come to me and drink is both universal and yet it is conditional. It is universal. There are no boundaries. There are no prerequisites. There are no qualifications needed to drink from the fountains of, fountain of God's grace. Anyone can come from any race or tribe or tongue. The table is open to all. But there is one condition. You have to be thirsty. Quite a few years ago, Mick Jagger sang those well-remembered words. I can't get no satisfaction. You'll be relieved to know I'm not going to sing it. But with those lyrics, Mick Jagger hit the nail on the head of the restlessness of the human soul. People will look everywhere, it seems, apart from God, to satisfy their soul. They will look to money, and it doesn't satisfy. They will seek promotion at work. They will seek buying a new set of clothes. Or maybe the next gadget, or the latest social media app, or the, the next new age philosophy, or drugs, or sex, or alcohol. And the list goes on and on. And it's as if God lets us try to find fulfillment in everything else, but it never does. And then and only then in our spiritual thirst, we finally turn to Jesus and thank the Lord our soul thirst is satisfied. But we're praying, aren't we, for that great realisation in people's hearts and minds and souls. In this time of lockdown, in this huge and never known before global pause, we're praying that people will realise that nothing satisfies a craving for meaning in the human heart other than Jesus. Only the Holy Spirit of Jesus satisfies that wordless yearning for the divine other that is in every human being. The poem that we played last week, The Great Realisation, puts it so well. I love the line in the poem. We've grown so much, we've grown so used to bad news, but some good news was in the making. Some good news was in the making. God is in the business of good news. In fact, God is good news. The gospel is good news. Jesus is good news. In this season, unlike any other we've ever known, there is an unprecedented opportunity for the church, that is you and I, to be good news for people who are searching for meaning. Remember also the UK blessing song that has gone viral. 
The line name is repeated over and over. He is for you. He is for you. But we need more of God. We need to be drenched by the love of God to be used by him on our streets, in our workplace, in our home, whether we're self-isolating or an essential worker. Let me ask you a question. And it's a question I've, I've asked myself this week often too. Are you thirsty for more of God? Do you desire more of him in your mind and your heart and your soul? Do you want him to be the one who will be that never failing stream of life giving water? There is always more with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a fountain that will never run dry. So ask him for more strength. Ask him for more power. Ask him for more love to live like Jesus day by day. Or perhaps you want him to be the one who quenches that thirst for meaning and purpose and identity. Because maybe you've looked in other places, but now there is a time to come back to God and say to God, Yes, I'm thirsty for you, and I know that there's nothing else that will satisfy that thirst. But on this Pentecost Sunday, come to the source of the river of life, who is Jesus, and drink. That water will never run dry because its source is the living God, and God is eternal. Or perhaps you're someone who wants to be thirsty, but you're not sure yet if it's for you. You may, you may only feel a desire to thirst, but that too is a thirst. So do not let it die. God doesn't want to send anyone away feeling empty and still thirsty for him. This promise is for everyone. Don't let anything get in the way of you bringing that desire to him, that desire to thirst. And pray that that desire to thirst will, will turn into full-blown desire for God's spirit in your life. Or maybe you're someone who's thinking, I really don't get all this talk about spiritual thirst and what it means to be hungry and thirsty for God. I'd say, don't worry. Just be aware of that longing in your soul for meaning and purpose that will come your way from time to time. And when it does, turn that longing that ache into a prayer to God that says, God, please help me to want more of you in my life. Maybe pray that prayer right now. God, please help me to want more of you in my life. One of the last verses in the Bible says this in the book of Revelation. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let those who hear say, come. Let those who are thirsty come. And let all who wish to take the free gift of the water of life. But how do you know if the spirit is speaking to you? How do you know if God is asking you to respond right now? Well, in my experience, you'll get a tingling down your neck or you'll get a quick a quickening of your heartbeat. 
all that sense, you just have to respond in some way, even though you're thinking, oh, that's just a voice in my head. You may feel joy, you may feel peace. You may feel a bit unsettled. And you need to do something in response. As I said towards the start, the Holy Spirit cannot be contained or limited. He knows us intimately and our experience of him is unique. But those are some of the signs that he is working in us. Listen to the Spirit and I promise God will meet with you. God wants to transform us, but we've got to be ready to meet with him halfway. So if you feel God has been speaking to you and if you sense that thirst and that longing for him, I'm going to give you that opportunity, that opportunity to respond right now. Can I invite us to pray? And as a sign that you're thirsty for God, hold out your hands in front of you. And I pray, be open to the spirit coming and filling you afresh. There's no reason to be afraid as God only wants to give good gifts to his children. God says, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their hearts of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Holy Spirit, living breath of God, breath of Jesus, we are here before you, we are here with you. We're here to receive from you. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are limitless. Nothing can contain you. That you go wherever you please. And you invite us to, to say to you, more Lord. More love, more power, more of you in my life. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would drench us afresh, each and every person where they are right now, in their homes, in our homes. Holy Spirit, come and fill us afresh with your breath, with your life, with your words, with your love that goes beyond our understanding. Enable us, Lord, empower, empower us to be your children, to, to know your voice, to hear your voice, and to be your children in the world. Or how much the world needs to know your love right now. And you're calling your children to rise up and to step into that place that is given to us. It's our rightful place of authority to speak and be you in this world. So Holy Spirit, come and bless each heart and soul and mind right now. Meet each person where they are. And work each person in the way that only you know is right. We bless you, Lord. And thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Going to hand over to Debbie.
Amen. Thank you, Peter. Let's just have um, a moment of quiet now as we as we echo um, the prayer that Peter's prayed and as we continue to sit in God's presence and be open to his spirit. Now we're going to have a song that echoes the, the words of, of that prayer and of um, what Peter's been saying this morning. All who are thirsty, all who are weak, come to the fountain. Take your heart in the streams of life. And after that, Richard is going to lead us in prayer.
Let us pray now in the power of the Holy Spirit, asking him to fill us afresh, to well up inside us like a cool, refreshing spring. May his breath blow mightily through us as a powerful wind to energise us afresh and give us momentum and direction. Lord, in these highly unusual times, we come to you just as we are, and we ask for everything we need to get us through. As we begin to see lockdown rules gradually ease, we are aware that this will bring new challenges. For those children who may return to school, for those people going back to work, and for others who remain isolated for now, we pray that you will give them courage and alertness, and replace worry with peace. As more people start to travel and deal with the practicalities involved, we pray that kindness and sensitivity will be shown, building on the many signs of generosity and friendliness we have seen so much during lockdown. Lord, we bring to you the many people and businesses whose livelihoods are still seriously threatened, despite the huge financial support which has been offered. We ask that good will come from this, and that there will be a great capacity to adapt and change. Please help us all to be willing to embrace changes with confidence, especially because of the opportunity we have to do things better. We ask that as a church, the new links we have forged out of necessity will grow, and perhaps we may also dare to ask that we may never be the same again. By the power of the Holy Spirit, may we have a new urgency for evangelism, a new sensitivity to the position of so many around the world who have not been able to meet together freely as a result of persecution, and a new appreciation of everything that is good. We ask for a new willingness to accept the power of the Holy Spirit, 
and to act only with his anointing. We continue to pray for all those in government and linked groups who are working tirelessly to support and protect our nation. Give them encouragement, energy and determination. We pray that nations will cooperate across the world and be willing to put aside differences which prevent rather than promote harmony. Thank you again for the many thousands of dedicated staff in our hospitals, probably by now feeling exhausted and traumatised by what they have been dealing with. Please refresh them and equip them with everything they need. Finally, for ourselves, revive, restore and refresh us with the living water of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill us up, give us strength, give us power. Holy Spirit, fill us up, make us one, brothers and sisters. Holy Spirit, fill us up, give us strength to share your truth. Holy Spirit, fill us up, Send us out to live for you. Amen. Amen. And now let's join together in the words that Jesus taught us to pray, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Amen. We're now coming to um, a time where we're going to uh, share in bread and wine together, so I'm going to hand um, back over to Peter now. I'm going to have to move my camera a little bit, so um, just bear with me, please, as I try and move it so that you can see me um, with the, uh, the bread and the wine. So just excuse me a second. So we come to the point in the service when we are going to remember the Lord's Supper by sharing in bread and wine in our own homes. Though we are scattered, we know that we are one in Jesus Christ as we share in this special time of thanksgiving and remembrance for all he has done for us.
come to this table, not because you must, but because you may. Not because you are strong, but because you are weak. Not because of any goodness of your, of the, any right that gives you a right to come, but because you need mercy and help. Come because you love the Lord a little, I would like to love him more. Come because he loved you and gave himself for you. Come and meet the risen Christ, for we are his body. Apostle Paul tells us of the institution of the Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 23 to 26. For I received from the Lord what I also had on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Loving God, we praise and thank you for your love shown to us in Jesus Christ. We thank you for his life and ministry, enacting the good news of your kingdom and demonstrating its power by lifting up the downtrodden and healing the sick and loving the loveless. We thank you for his sacrificial death upon the cross, for the redemption of the world, and for raising him to life again as a foretaste of the glory we shall all share. We give you thanks for this bread and wine, symbols of our world and signs of your transforming love. Send your Holy Spirit, we pray, that we may be renewed into the likeness of Jesus Christ and formed into his body. We pray in his name and for his sake. Amen. Now, can I suggest that at this point we keep our cameras on, but that we're all on mute. So if you turn your camera on, but turn, keep yourselves on mute. So that we have a sense of sharing the bread and the wine together, although, of course, we're scattered in our, in our own homes. As we take the bread and the wine, there's going to be a worship song playing quietly in the background. What I suggest we do is that I will say at the sharing of the bread in a moment, this is my body, and then we all have the bread in our own homes, or share the bread in our own homes. And then at the sharing of the wine, I will say, this is the new covenant sealed by my blood. And then we will all have the wine or share the wine. And then what we'll do is we'll let the song play through to the end and then we'll come back together.
Jesus said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new cup, the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Your death, O Lord, we commemorate. Your resurrection, we confess. Your final coming, we await. Glory be to you, O Christ. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love, gave us grace and opened the gates of glory. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the Spirit lights give light to the world. Give us firm in the hope you have set before us 
So we and all your children shall be free, and the whole earth live to praise your name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. I'm going to hand back to Delia. I wasn't expecting it to come back to me. Um, I think we're on to our final song. So um, we're going to sing to God be the glory.
Thank you for joining us at our Pentecost Day service today. It's been great to see you. And uh, we, we'll be back here at the same time next Sunday, nine o'clock. And of course, the service is always available on our website as well. Please do be in touch with me if there's anything that struck you from the service or you've got a, a prayer need. Uh, or of course, there's the prayer email address uh, or telephone number you can use as well. You're all very much in my prayers, in fact, in Debbie's and my prayers. So a final blessing for us. Go now from the service of worship to the service of God's people near and far, refreshed by the living water that Jesus offers to you. Listen for the parched voices of the least of these. Search out the dry places and the arid souls and become for them a spring of living water. And as you go, may the blessings of the God of life, the Christ of love, and the Spirit of grace be upon you this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.